0: You know how when something really dramatic happens in the MCU, they give us a Ant-Man movie? You know, a light-hearted comedy to kind of be a palate cleanser? Yeah, Spider-Man Far From Home is the anti-Ant-Man movie. It's the exact opposite of Ant-Man. And I finally got to see it, so that's what we're going to be talking about on today's Project Shadow. I have something to say. Hello everyone, how are you doing today? My name is Charlie. You might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, especially if you're reading my new book, *Christopher My Love. If you hear kittens in the background, which there's a good chance that you might, they just got up and they're being as noisy as they possibly can, because I've started recording. <laughs> so, enjoy the kitty sounds, if that's something that you enjoy. Today we are going to be talking about the newest Spider-Man movie, Spider-Man Far From Home, because as you know, we don't always go to see everything in the theater, and this was one of those movies that we did not go to the theater to see, and so we only just got to see it. I have a lot of thoughts, and yeah. Before we get into all that, if you haven't already, please take a moment to rate this podcast in whatever app you're listening to me in. Really does help it a lot. Tells the algorithms to share the podcast with more people. The more people that listen, the bigger the community, the bigger the community, the better chance we have of actually interacting with each other. And after all, that's why I do this in the first place. Thank you so much to everybody who's already done that. Yeah, Spider-Man Far From Home is, in a lot of ways, the movie that the MCU needed after Infinity War... And Endgame. It is a proper coda on everything that happened dealing with the people who disappeared in the blip and with the loss of the many heroes that died in Endgame. Having said that, it is a difficult movie to talk about because of everything that is going to be happening with Spider Man via the Sony Disney squabble. That is taking place very openly. And uh, last I heard, Sony said that Marvel will never, ever get their hands on Spider-Man again. So I don't know what that means. Because never really doesn't mean never in terms of these kinds of things. It's kind of like, you know, Superman is dead. You know, stuff like that. he's dead for now. He'll be back. Maybe in the next film for absolutely no reason, because he doesn't really add anything. It was just a plot point that they had to get out of the way because reasons, I guess. Yeah. This movie was darker than I expected and funnier than I expected. And this is one of those really nice tightropes that the people at Marvel Studios have learned to walk. That if you're going to tackle this kind of serious, dark material, it has to be broken up. It has to have moments of levity because if it's all dark, if it's all downer, then it's not, it doesn't have any flavor to it. It's just bland. That's something that TC really needs to learn. Having said that, I did kind of enjoy this movie a bit more than Spider-Man Homecoming. And I liked Spider-Man Homecoming. I liked Tom Holland's Spider-Man a lot. And I think they're doing interesting things all over. The villain choice was smart. I liked the way it tied into the greater MCU. Especially since we probably will never see that again. Ever, ever. Ever. See that again in a Spider-Man movie because Sony, yeah, stuff. But yeah, it was, it was good. I liked it. If you haven't seen it, you should definitely check it out. I think that's about all I can say about the movie without getting into spoilers for both it and Endgame because... Most of the things that I really want to talk about, well, they're not necessarily spoilers for the movie. I know there are some people that believe that if they know anything that happens in the movie, that counts as a spoiler. And so, yeah, I want to be talking about the movie now. If you haven't seen Spider-Man Far From Home or Avengers Endgame and you, or I guess in Infinity War. And you don't want to know anything that happened in any of those movies. Then I guess now's the time for you to check out. Because I don't think I can say anything more without talking about events that took place in those movies. So, spoilers are incoming in. Five, four, three, two, one. Okay, so, basic gist of the movie is it, it starts in the aftermath of everybody coming back and the end of Endgame. Yes, we can talk about how it's convenient that almost every one of the main characters that we met in Homecoming happened to be part of the blip and are now still the same age as Peter Parker when he returns to school. I I don't care about those kinds of coincidences Stuff like that is just a factor of storytelling. I I don't ask for that sort of realism in an event that has absolutely no reality to it in the first place. So, yeah, that didn't bother me. The opening of the movie with the Whitney Houston, I will always love you. With the faces of all of the heroes that died in Endgame. That that got me. That, That was a powerful moment and a very strong way to kind of set the tone for the movie. Especially because it is immediately followed with levity. And that balance back and forth. That back and forth between very serious issues and... Those lighthearted beats that bring the story back up so it can fall back down again were so necessary for this movie to work. The relationship between Happy and Aunt May is interesting. I'm curious to see if that can continue with all of the hullabaloo that's going on with Disney and Sony. See, that... I'm sorry, I really didn't want to take a lot of time to talk about this, but with everything up in the air or decided, I, whatever, <laughs> between Disney and Sony over the future of this particular Spider-Man series of movies, I don't know what to do because honestly, I don't know what Marvel is going to take off the board and take home. If Sony makes good on its threat that they're going to take Spider Man home, just there's so much there that could be derailed and completely messed up for the future of the franchise because of Sony being Sony and Disney just squabbling over their toys. They're both making insane amounts of money off these movies. And I don't know why they can't just be happy making insane amounts of of money, and need to make just gaga, crazy amounts of money. Like I don't know. Maybe it's just because I don't make millions of dollars off of my creative work that I I don't I would I don't miss a million here or a million there because that seems like a rounding error at the scale these studios are at but oh goodness yeah so that that's part of the whole shebang that really gets infuriating with this because i really liked the relationship that they set up between Aunt may and happy and i like the idea of them Having some kind of a relationship, and it may getting to be more of a character in her own right because she's usually just sad with widow auntie in the background, especially in the movies. If she persists after the point that Uncle Ben dies, so I, I like Mar- Marissa Tomei's take on the character. I like where they're going with it, but it's hard for me to get invested in any of that knowing the background squabbling that's taking place between the studios that has nothing whatsoever to do with the story and i know it's because i'm a writer at heart but for me the idea that you would jeopardize some of the really powerful and moving plot points that they've set up in this story over i don't know i just i don't get it i don't i don't get it but yeah their relationship was fun and I liked the relationship between her and Peter and seeing how that has grown and developed and the relationship between happy and Peter. And it makes me very happy to see and sad to know that that's probably all going to be going away in the third film because Sony and Disney are going to take their toys and go to their respective houses. Now the bigger problem that the Sony-Disney squabble has with all of this is, yeah, see so much has happened with Fox, the Fox merger and all of this that as they're bringing up this question of who's going to be the new Iron Man, who's going to be the new Iron Man, who's going to be the new Iron Man, one, I'm just like, give a whole bunch of money to Gwyneth Paltrow and turn her into the Iron Maiden, I think that would be fun, I would be down to watch that just because I cannot imagine Gwyneth Paltrow as a superhero. Like, I I get it, she kind of wears the armor at the end of Endgame and all that, but, you know, can you imagine Gwyneth Paltrow having an uh, entire movie to headline? Yeah. That would be interesting, and I would definitely go see that. But the real part of me was sitting back going, well, that's going to be Reed Richards, of course, when they finally introduce the fantastic four into the mcu now that they have the rights back because reed richards is one of the other characters in the universe uh, like hank pym that's smart enough to fill the role of tony stark and yeah that's just me kind of knowing too much about the universe and the background stuff but in some ways it made some of that fall flat because the idea that the iron spider is going to become the new iron man it just it didn't work for me though i did like this idea of tony kind of seeing peter as his son like they really did that well throughout you know homecoming and the infinity war and end game like that worked really well but I like the inheritance I like that he gave him Edith Even in death I am still the hero Even in death I am the hero Um, Edith That, that was funny I, I do think though Tony probably would have put more safeguards in it So that Peter couldn't just Hand it over to Quentin Beck But eh, I'm not going to quibble over the plot point Because It worked and I'm fine with it I think my whole problem with that subplot was, you know how much I disdain this, is this the new that thing that we do in our culture? I am just not a fan of that in general. And to see this movie you spend so much time on, is Peter the new Iron Man, when you know the answer is gonna be no, he's Peter Parker. And I do think that they did a good job, especially that moment with Happy at the end of the movie where he Kind of demystifies Tony Stark for Peter. That was such a wonderful moment, and to see Peter kind of come into his own, but to see those elements of Tony Stark in there, like it, it it really did mean a lot. I I did enjoy how it played out in the film, and I liked that basically Quentin and all of the people with him in—I'm going to call them Mysterio Inc were all people that had somehow been wronged by Stark Industries or Tony Stark himself. That was an interesting play on things. And also just kind of a weird, you know, putting... A weird way to put the events of the MCU into perspective. Because Tony Stark was allowed to die such a heroic death. It would be easy for them to just gloss over all of the problems that he had. So to have the very next movie in the MCU basically be about the prob- problematic legacy of Tony Stark that I don't, that got me. That got me in all the right ways. And I like the relationship with MJ. I like that they made MJ a bit smarter. I I really liked Zendaya's performance as MJ. I liked all of the kids. Like, they did a really good job with it. I just, I don't know. It felt like they felt that we needed kind of a morning period movie after Endgame. And that's really what they gave us. That that, that is really what Spider-Man Far From Home is. It, it takes you through all of the stages of grief until you finally get to the end, which is acceptance and him accepting himself. And now I guess we have to talk about the Peter Tingle. Yeah, he's having problems with his spidey sense, which Aunt May refers to as the Peter Tingle. And hilarity ensues. And I have to admit, I, I did laugh every time somebody said Peter Tingle. It, it made me giggle. It made me laugh. I thought it was very funny. I thought it was really, really funny. But having said that, hopefully going forward, it goes back to being the Spidey sense, because, yeah, I, I, <laughs> we got an entire movie of Peter Tingle jokes. I, I don't think we need more than in that. Anything it, it would really be blabbering the point in beating a dead horse from this point on I mean the joke the joke has played out it is done it is finished but by making it a joke and using that humor as a way to highlight this ability that they had never really played off of in this iteration of spider-man really helped sell the end as how he would defeat Mysterio since everything's an illusion and he can't tell what is and isn't real having to rely on his intuition on that Spidey sense in all reality, having to learn how to rely on himself and not on Tony Stark or anyone else, but to develop that self-reliance that he needs as a character. That was a valid, important and powerful story arc that we usually don't get with a Peter Parker because All of that character growth that he's gone through in the movies that he's been in so far in the MCU is usually shorthanded with the death of Uncle Ben and the whole with great power comes great responsibility. By skipping that part of the story with the assumption that Ben was alive, that Ben died at some point, and that there was an Uncle Ben... There are numerous references, even in this movie, to Uncle Ben. He packs his luggage for Europe in Ben's old luggage. So, there are, you know, references to him that he existed. But by getting rid of that with great power comes great responsibility moment from the series, which I'm afraid they're going to give him with Happy, if they're allowed to bring Happy back or somehow do that stage. Uh, We'll see what happens in the future. But by not letting him have that shortcut moment, this Peter Parker has had to learn how to rely on himself, how to draw on that well of internal strength and be his own person in a way that the previous iterations of Peter Parker, especially in the movies, have not really had to do. And we see this with Homecoming, we see this in Infinity War and we see this very strongly in this movie. This is a character-driven movie about Peter Parker. That kind of sums up the aftermath of everything that happened in Infinity War and Endgame so that they can kind of just go on with their lives in the previous in the next films. All in all, it was good. I really enjoyed it. If you haven't seen it because you didn't in that you didn't like Homecoming, definitely check this movie out. Jake Gyllenhaal does such a good job playing Mysterio and the way that they did Mysterio and everything. I mean, Samuel L. Jackson is so good in here. There's one spoiler that I'm not going to give that we can talk about if you guys want in a future episode at the very end that... Oh, my goodness. it, it Great, great, great moment. And uh, all I'm going to say is I think they're developing S.W.O.R.D. for the movie franchise because you had S.W.O.R.D. and S.H.I.E.L.D. S.W.O.R.D. was the space division and S.H.I.E.L.D. was on Earth I don't know if they're going to call it that but hey that could be awesome Anywho, all in all good movie, liked it gave me a lot to think about and uh, gave me a lot of feels, both you know, good and dark which I like in a movie Go check it out if you haven't seen it already. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did and you haven't already, please take a moment to rate this episode in whatever app you're listening to me on. If you have a buck you can throw my way in the show notes, you'll find a link to my Patreon and the community support tab. The difference between the two is the people on Patreon occasionally get stuff. If you've got a buck and you can join the project, it really would help me out a lot. And I want to say thank you to everybody who does that. If you don't have any money right now or you don't feel like giving, that's fine. But if, you know, somebody you think might like this podcast, do share it with them. That helps out a lot, too. Um, yeah. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like to hear discussed on the show, in the show notes, you'll find a link to the voice message system. Keep it short. Keep it clean so I can use it on the show. I would love to hear from you. Or if you want to hit me up on social media, I am Dorsett, with two Ts on both instagram and twitter and you can find links to everything that i do over at projectshadow.com currently doing a lot of work over at world anvil getting ready for the eventual writing of that space opera that i keep talking about hope you enjoy what's going up over there it's a nerve-wracking process until next time don't forget have the fun bye